Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. We are your hosts, Jasper Rivers and Eric Muller. And today we are talking about the biggest opportunity in the short-term rental space. Eric, what's up? What's up, homie? How you doing, man? Good, man. Um, this must be one of your favorite topics. Yeah, I uh, haven't shut up about it recently, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, it's cool because uh, a lot of people are asking questions Seems like a lot of people are interested in this uh, topic, so um, yep. you know I think it would be good to uh, to dive in and and really uh, get into the the details a bit on uh, you know the opportunity that we are seeing and how that aligns with uh, with what we're investing in as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, the industry, as we all know, has changed so much over the last uh, eighteen months that uh, I think this topic is super important to talk about. And uh, I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunity for a lot of people in our industry. So let's dive into it, man. Let's talk about this opportunity and uh, this topic and we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I watched uh, I watched an interview with Brian Chesky uh, yesterday. That he, he did this a couple of weeks ago. What was really interesting to me about this interview was he talked about how he believes that there's a revolution in travel. Hmm. And this, this, this is really interesting because I'm, I'm also speaking to people who believe that once this whole pandemic is over, that we're going 100% back to normal. Like everyone's just going to travel like they used to. People are going to live like they used to versus, you know, Brian, he said in the interview, he said he believes this is the biggest revolution in travel since, uh, he said, since the internet or even since, I think he said, since people started uh, flying. What's he mean by that? So, so yeah, sad. yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what he's saying is, you know, because people are not going to go back to working from offices, or at least not everyone, he's saying, especially the younger CEOs, like everybody has learned now how you can get work done for Zoom. Right. Yeah. He, he was talking about how Airbnb did an IPO. Um, he said, we have to, we, we rebuilt the company from the ground up. The, you know, there were so many changes in, on, on Airbnb and they all did that remote, right? Nobody's working at the, at the Airbnb headquarters uh, at that time. So, so he's saying like, look, the world has learned how to work remotely using tools like Zoom. That, and that's something that we are using right now. So to us, this is, to us, this is all normal, right? But for, for a lot of people, you know, this is new, right? In the last, that people have learned how to use these tools in the last couple of years. And he's saying, especially the younger CEOs, they're not going to require all of their employees to go back to the office, right? right? So 
all those people now have so much more flexibility. Imagine you're living in, in New York City and you don't have to go to the office anymore. Maybe you, you only go on Monday and Tuesday. That means now every weekend could be a long weekend somewhere else, right? Mm. Versus before, if you have to be in the office Monday to Friday, how many vacation days do people get on average in, in, in the US? Not enough. No, no. <laughs> I have no idea. I've you know, ne- dude, I've never had a, uh, a a real job before, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, I remember when I, I, I worked for a, a Dutch company uh, in an office in Chicago, and in Holland, we get 30 days a year. And I kept those days. I kept those vacation yeah. days. And my colleague, my American colleagues were getting 10, maybe 15 at the, at the most. Right. So they were yeah, all jealous of, of me doing all these trips. But yeah, you know, I was thinking, you know, if you have like, imagine you have 10 or 15 vacation days, like how often per year can you take a trip? Right. You know, it's, it's not very often. This, there's a couple of weekends where there's a national holiday where you can do like a free day, you know, long weekend. Maybe you can do once or twice a year. You can do like a week long trip, but that's about it. And then you have to visit family and there's, you know, friends. And I don't know, it just seems to me that if, if you have that few holidays or vacation days, then you, you can't really do a lot of trips. But if you're if you're only at the office a couple of days a week, or if you work from home all the time, then what keeps you from doing a weekend trip like every month? So it's it's interesting because like all the things that we started implementing when quarantine first started, you know, to happen, all the things that we started implementing with the working working locations in the Airbnbs or short-term rentals and the fast internet and really starting target to that. We thought that that was quick fixes, but what you're saying and what Brian's saying is that this is kind of the standard now for short-term rentals is to cater to people. Obviously we have our leisure guests, but also to cater people who want to escape the city for a bit and just have a a different environment. So that's going to be the future of short-term rentals. Yeah, exactly. Like people just have way more flexibility to travel. And I think for a lot of people, that's going to be, that's going to be the normal, like, especially for younger people, right? Right. Because younger people adopt technology are more likely to adopt technology and change to a different lifestyle as well. So what Brian was saying, like, look, if, you know, the the younger CEOs who are like in their thirties or maybe early forties, you know, they might, they might not ever go back to a traditional office you know did you know a company called uh buffer no buffer i remember it's it's a technology company and i remember 10 years ago when i started traveling as a digital nomad that was the first company that i heard of where they all the employees work remotely there's no office they just don't have an office and i think they have like 100 or 150 people working for them got it what do you think yeah no i i think uh it's funny, man, because I do see that quite quite often. I think the older school type of companies and there are certain industries that will never walk away from that. It's very difficult for law firms and you know corporations like that. But the people that we're targeting, especially our new brand, the people that we're targeting want to disconnect from the office and they want to explore. They're open to doing that. And we're so used to our lives being uh, digital. So it makes sense that uh, more and more companies are going to do that. With talking about this, though, it's so interesting because I'm personally desiring more of a connection with our team, 
right? Our team started as a digital team and we have team members all around the world. But as we grow and the more that we accomplish with our company and now with our new brand, property brand that we're launching, I'm actually desiring our team to come together, right? So will that happen? I'm not sure, but we do an extremely well job on, you know, running our companies virtually. And, you know, it's something that Samantha and I just, uh, just mapped out for our lifestyle of splitting our time between Lucadia and Idlewild. So we can work on the property and, and get that property really dialed in. There's a lot of stuff that we're doing up there, right? But it's not going to outside of my personal life down here of the gym, my friends, you know, the the things that we like to do here, it's not going to disrupt anything when it comes to the business world because I literally can take this entire setup and bring it anywhere I want. I have a microphone, have a couple of lights and a laptop and that's our business, right? Which is crazy to yeah. think about. Yeah. So, yeah, so it makes sense. So, how do the average Airbnb host or the growing short-term rental company leverage this new revolution that's happening in, in the travel space. Yeah, so I think the most interesting part of that is, you know, obviously, like I think there's there's going to be more demand for short-term rentals because these people, if the people go on more trips, they need to stay somewhere. Now, I think the first the first question is like, where are those people going? Right, right? now, if I look at myself, you know, when I was in in lockdown in Barcelona. I wasn't allowed to leave the, the province, yeah. right? Now, I wanted to do something. So I went on Airbnb and I rented a place on Airbnb, but I didn't just want to rent, you know, a normal place. I didn't, I also didn't want to be in a different city because, you know, I'm already living in a city. I want to go somewhere, you know, outside of the city. And I wanted to be special because, Initially, when I thought about it, I was like, well, I'd rather just jump on the plane and go to Egypt or Morocco. You know, it's a few hours away. Like, if I wasn't locked up, that's what I would have done. So I, I thought, okay, well, if I'm not flying to like an exotic country where things are like super different, then at least I want to stay. I want something else that makes my trip special and unique and outstanding. So that's why I rented a castle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, and it's interesting because, if there was no lockdown, I would never have discovered that castle because I would never look on Airbnb in, in my area. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because like it's where short-term rentals were leading up into the coronavirus was all urban markets, right? Like you had those destination spots, like unique experiences always did well, but now they're at the top of the mind, right? Like they're the number one researched spots on Airbnb. So that makes sense. And we all know this, but what's interesting is like, that is now the new business, right? And that goes into the topic of what we're talking about is, you know, the biggest opportunity in this industry is finding those secondary markets, right? And converting those old vacation rental properties to new modern short-term rental experiences, right? So what we're doing in Idlewild, what we're doing with our properties what we plan on doing around the country over the next few years is is finding these older properties that no one's really been going to. They've been doing like direct bookings and maybe Verbo, right? Like those two. Airbnb wasn't really the focus, but now like taking those and converting them to the new short term, modern short term rental experience, 
I think that is the biggest opportunity of finding those properties. And also it's the way that we're taking these over. You know, for years we've been teaching people and we still today teach people through Legends X and what we everything else that we do on how to scale short-term rental operation companies, right? So management companies uh, at a whole. But we're starting to notice that even in these crazy real estate markets, moving into the space of acquiring real estate, especially in these secondary markets, I think that's that's going to be a huge wealth creator for many people around the world over the next couple of years, like now and into the near future. You know, we're watching already in the towns that we're looking at. You know, I, I think this for a handful of different reasons. One, obviously, is guests are traveling to those areas, right? So if you if you go on AirDNA and you kind of expand out for every major city in the U.S you'll see that the cities are low on occupancy. They're not doing great, especially on the West Coast, like LA, San Francisco, not doing great. Chicago, not doing great. As great as they used to be, I should say. But if you go one hour, two hour, three hours outside those cities and you find those smaller secondary towns, they're doing great. They're, they're doing you know, 70, 80, 90% occupancy for most part of the year, which is kind of crazy. But then we're also seeing the real estate market. If you compare occupancy to the real estate market they're they're like they're racing to the top in those markets which is crazy to me right so we're not only seeing more and more people that want to travel there but we're also seeing more and more people that want to move there so now in the industry the way that I'm looking at this is like our short-term rental business is going to do extremely well but then our wealth our personal wealth, our corporate wealth of what we're developing by acquiring all this real estate, five, 10 years from now, when more and more people are trying to leave the urban areas and get into more space, they're going to want to buy our properties, right? So if we decide to sell real estate in the future, we're in these markets where more and more people are moving to. I'm not saying that cities are going to collapse. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I think so I just started reading the book again. Uh, this is my third time reading it, uh, Psychology of Money by Morgan Hassel. Just finished reading the first chapter this morning. And uh, he was talking about the first chapter is called No One's Crazy, right? And how he's essentially saying how people's financial decisions in life are 100% shaped by the experiences they have in life, right? So it all determines what you go through life, how you look at making financial decisions with your own money, right? So if you were born during the uh, Great Depression, you're not going to have much faith in the stock market, right? You're more likely to invest in real estate, right? If you were born in, I don't know, the crypto days, whatever, you pick, pick whatever it is, you may be more bullish on investing in high risk crypto than you are investing in slow growth real estate, right? So I think what, what we're seeing now, and I'm tying it back to what we're experiencing now, I truly believe that the generation that's going through the virus right now, going through lockdowns and going through all the crazy stuff that, that's coming along with this, they're going to want to stay the hell away from cities. You know, like, yes, we're, we're kind of, our generation is kind of starting that now moving into these secondary markets. But my guess is that I think more and more people are going to want to move into these. They still want to enjoy the cities, 
but they don't want to live in the cities. Like, I, I just don't see that anymore. The major cities are always going to be there, but I think more and more people are going to want their space. I think the generation that is growing up through the lockdowns are going to want more of their space and go into these secondary markets, not be living in the city, not be living in the, in the area. So I think long-term, we have an amazing play by acquiring all this real estate two to three hour drives from every metro city in the in the country. And then in the meantime, we're going to ride the wave of this new travel trend that's happening, right? And then if we can give them a little bit of what they need, air quotes, what they need is the best internet in that area, a workstation, all of that stuff, but then also give them a, a unique experience to disconnect from that stuff and actually reconnect with nature and all that other and other travelers I think that is the biggest opportunity right now that we can focus on. Short-term uh, riches through maximizing this short-term rental trend, and then long-term wealth by acquiring all this real estate in these areas where I truly believe more and more people are going to be moving to over the next uh, mm-hmm. few years. Yeah, and you know something that you have mentioned to me a few times, which uh, which I think is really on point is. Like these these markets, there's there's always there always have been vacation rentals in these places, right? But it was a different type of avatar that used to travel there, right? Often people who you know maybe go with their family and they go every single year around the same the same week, they always go to this place, right? And we're seeing that with the property that we have bought, right? There's there's a lot of people that have reached out to us and have said, like, hey, we've been coming to this to this place for years. We always stay in this cabin. They're just very used to that. That was kind of like the avatar, but now there's a new avatar of you know people like yourself and and your girlfriend, you know, who just want to go for a short disconnect from from the city, right? And we're we're looking for a bit of a different type of experience. You know, I remember when I rented that castle, the castle was amazing. The host was awesome, but very very old school, like very yeah. old school, right? No pricing optimization. Like I was shocked. When I saw the prices that I could rent that place for, it was yeah. it was really shocking to me. Uh, number two is you know the, the the communication right like a like kind of like an old school email with kind of information all over the place, kind of hard to hard to read, hard to kind of understand. And and you know the type of avatar that we are and that we're catering to is is the person we we just kind of want. We want our information to be provided in a in a in a way that we can easily find what we're looking for. We're looking for some convenience. We're looking for a smooth, a seamless experience, right? We don't want to like get stopped and having to try and figure things out. We just want everything to be simple and easy to understand. I think, right? And that's where you know, if I were to take over that castle, like man, <laughs> that would be. That would be nuts. Like I can, th- I think I probably triple the revenue on that thing, and provi- yeah. by providing a better experience, right? I mean, we're seeing that now with uh, Strawberry Creek Village, right? Is uh, just by going in there and, and creating new listings, Airbnb listings, and uh, updating the customer service, and just adding a couple of things, our revenue from day one is higher than what the previous owner was doing on this property, and we haven't done anything to the property yet. We haven't updated the brand, I should say. We haven't really focused on professional photos or anything like that to draw in 
the newer uh, traveler there. It's just by tweaking a couple of things that were there, we already seen an increase in the ADR, which is incredible. Now, with all of this said too, is uh, I'm not I'm not condoning. I think there's something really. I know this, but we're experiencing this in the moment now with Strawberry Creek Village, and I think it's really important for the listeners, like people who are focused on on doing this as a business model of like going into these secondary markets, buying old vacation rental properties and converting them to modern short-term rental experiences. I think it's super important to recognize that we have to bring that that modern touch that the modern uh, traveler is desiring in these properties, but we can't fully let go of what makes those towns special, right? So we can't go into these towns and bring the city into these secondary markets, right? We have to just bring some modern touches to the existing properties, but then leaving what that local area, that local sauce, if you will, what makes it special to that property, right? So like, for example, what we're doing in Idlewild, Idlewild is a beautiful town. Uh, It's like everything there is from the 1950s. They don't even have a stoplight there. It's It's a very tiny, tiny town. They take pride in the history of that town. They take pride in the fact that there's no commercial box corporate companies there, right? So if we come in and start building all these just like fancy San Diego, LA style buildings, architecture there, and really start catering to them, we're going to stand out. We're going to stand out and not in a positive way in that town, right? We want to be part of what makes that town special, but then also target the people that are already traveling there that are seeking something a bit different. What I mean by this too is like the people that have been staying at Strawberry Creek Village have been giving us some really awesome feedback where you and I stepped into the pro or I stepped into the properties and I'm like, I want to update this, I want to change this, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. But we're not getting that feedback from the customers. The customers are actually, or the guests are actually happy with the way that it is. So now it's kind of shifting the way that what I was thinking about with the renovation of the current four units, right? So I think we have to understand who's traveling there and what they want. And what they want is to experience that, what those secondary towns bring different than the cities. But then also we have the ability to add in some modern touches to the properties that will attract those modern travelers to our properties versus all the competition in the area. So with that said, what I'm trying to say is like, I I think the biggest opportunity is buying these properties, but I also think we can shoot ourselves in the foot if we tear down what makes those secondary towns special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, I think Everything that we're adding, it shouldn't uh, it shouldn't be out of line with local culture, right? I think uh, and, and what you can find there locally. I think for just an example, right? Like uh, we have feedback from a guest saying they were having trouble with the lockbox, right? So you know, instead of lockbox, we're installing smart locks, right? Where where people get the code. That doesn't go against like you know the feel of the town or anything like that. That's just a a little upgrade that will add to the experience, right? The convenience. Right. Um, other examples are we we up the we installed better internet, right? And we renamed yeah. one, one thing that drives me crazy is if I stay at an Airbnb and then the Wi-Fi, the network name is you know a 16 string mix of random characters, numbers, and weird symbols and stuff. 
and uh, and then the password as well right and you have to you have to find like the piece of paper and every time you put in the password you make a small mistake you put a g instead of a nine or right. you know you make some sort of mistake and then you have to type it again so we renamed all the wi-fi networks to the name of the cabin and then just a simple password right that's easy right. to understand and to remember you know those are small upgrades right getting netflix and apple tvs in there those are small upgrades guide sending online guidebooks versus like a an email yep you know those are those are small upgrades that uh that go a long way you know when it comes to the experience yeah exactly and it didn't really cost as much to do all that stuff right so it's like we're not changing the bones of this property so people still appreciate the traditional side of the experience but then we have this modern touch right modern locks, updated internet. The internet's better than the internet I have here. I can see that my my internet's breaking up here, right? And it's like, it's crazy that we have better internet up there than here in San Diego. But yeah, so it's small things like that. And then as we start developing down there, those tiny homes, we're going to we're gonna continue that traditional feel. How do we build with materials that are familiar to that town uh, and to that area? And then how do we serve the guests that's there, but with that modern touch. So, but yeah, so this is what I'm mostly excited about. Honestly, like it's, it's something that I'm super pumped about for the uh, legends mastermind that we, uh, that we have coming up in uh, January, I'm getting more and more people reaching out to me, uh, more and more business owners reaching out to me that are in this space that see that opportunity as well, that are doing this all throughout the country that are joining this, uh, joining this program. So I'm recognizing or joining the mastermind, I should say, what I'm recognizing is like, that's the new trend is heading towards how do we start acquiring real estate? How do we take, and it, we, we've been talking about this for years. It's like, build your experience operationally in the short-term rental space. If you're leasing or managing, yeah, I think everyone knows that we're not huge fans of the leasing model anymore. But that's why we put all our focus into building the management side. Because regardless if you invest in the prop, whatever you do, if you're if you're an investor buying real estate, you still have the management arm, right? You still have the management side. It's two completely different businesses. So if you, especially if you're just getting started in this industry, focus on building the management side and get super good at creating and managing world-class short-term rental uh, experiences. And then if you inject that, into the ownership side. Now we have something beautiful that's growing long-term, right? We have short-term cash flow coming in, long-term wealth through the real estate side. And that's why we're able to attract in the investors that we're working with to expand our model because we have the understanding of growing a short-term rental brand and we have the ability to maintain uh, the operational side of it, right? So there's a lot that's happening right now in the industry, a lot of different shifts. I'm super excited about 2022 to see, you know, see how this affects the industry as a whole. But I guarantee you right now, we're going to see more and more unique companies popping up and they're going to be the new, the new hot thing. And I think prior to COVID, we watched all the mass release companies like Sonder and Lyric and Stay Alfred, get all the, the news and noteworthy conversations. Now I, I, I see more companies like us where we're acquiring land, but then we have this unique short-term rental brand on top of it are going to be the biggest companies in our space. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the legends that are going to be coming out to our next mastermind because I think we're going to be talking about this topic quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 
Yeah, I'm uh, super, super excited about the the live events. I was so, I mentioned it last week, but I was so bummed uh, when I saw all the pictures last week of VMRA and I was like, ah, yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we had a good time down there, but uh, yeah, it's time. You know, we'll announce the Legends Mastermind on a different show, kind of all the details because we're still ironing it out, but uh, we are getting back to live events and I just can't wait to, get people in the room, create those experiences again, and really understand where the industry is heading now going into the new year. Yeah, man, 100%. Uh, super excited about that. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. I think a lot of people are recognizing this, this opportunity that we're talking about because um, yep. I'm, I'm getting people to reach out with questions around this. Like mm-hmm. yesterday, for example, spoke spoke to some people who, uh, who want to buy like 20 to 30 uh, short-term rental properties in these markets, but they're not sure like which market to go to, right? Yep. You know, our investor is super eager uh, for us to to buy more of these. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I was asked yesterday too by people I was, I was speaking to if if we were looking for new investors. So it just sounds to me like there's there's just a lot of. Uh, the interest in in the investing in the short term rental space is just uh, there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of money on the sideline looking for looking for return right it's it's so yeah. hard to um, I mean I was talking to our investor and he was saying how he now has to pay money to get us uh, on his savings like on the savings account right where mm-hmm. you, you have money on a savings account this is in Europe I don't know I don't know if it's this is the case in the US yes but there's a negative interest rate. Wow. So you're you're actually paying. Wow. It's very small, like zero point zero five percent or something like that. But the idea that you're putting money in the bank and you don't have to pay for that privilege, you know, <laughs> it's so it's, crazy, right? It's I remember so when I was young, I had a savings account and I was getting six percent interest on my savings account. Now that's that. If you tell younger people that, they're like, "What are you talking about? You get interest just on a savings account?" Yeah. <laughs> Well, dude, that goes back to that book, um, Psychology and Money, right? In the first chapter is that no one's crazy. And you experience that? I've never experienced that. I've never experienced that in my my accounts, right? It's always been very low interest to zero interest, right? In saving accounts. So, yeah. but yeah, so like that's why we're getting approached by so many different people to want to invest in our new model. It's It goes back to when we first got hit with uh, the lockdowns when you and I were in San Diego, you were like, hey, man, I'm not worried about the economy short term, what's going to happen with this virus. I'm not worried about the elections because back then we we're going through the elections. You're like, my number one concern is inflation. Right. And you said that and you were educating me on that. And I'm like, 
You're like, your number one concern is inflation. We're now seeing that, right? Over the last six months, we're seeing real inflation starting, starting to hit, especially here in the US. And they're predicting that that inflation is going to continue to, to grow, right? So it's like people with cash, what do we do with that? What do we do with our cash? We can't have it sit in the bank, right? This is why we have investors coming to us and saying like, hey, we have cash. You guys have access to real estate. You have the ability to do something cool and make more money on this real estate. So let's put this put this cash to work, right? So it's like people just want to dump their money into real estate and hold it there because we're all feeling that inflation. And the US government here tries to hide it, saying that there is no inflation. But you look at everything from gas to lumber to food, and it's more expensive. It's more expensive now than it was last year, right? And there's no way around that. And there's no like that's not BS, and it's only going to get worse. So, what do we do with the cash that we have? We don't want to leave it in. I mean, you could talk about this for hours, but like we don't want to leave it in our bank. So, people like our investors want to invest in real estate. And to me, I think that's that's what's so crazy right now with this real estate market. It's like we have the crazy, like the highest real estate market we've ever seen in most parts of the world. And uh, we just have more and more people that just want to dump cash into uh, into real estate. So I think going into these secondary markets, building that hospitality brand to capture the current travel trends, modernizing the the properties, but then just dumping cash into this real estate, holding for a few years. I think that I think we're going to see a lot of people make a lot of wealth in these secondary markets. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, you know, we, we won't go into the rabbit hole of, of <laughs> inflation and central banks and all of that stuff. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, when you look at how the government, and not, not just US, like pretty much around the world, how they calculate what they call the CPI, like the core price uh, index, they conveniently leave out the stuff that goes up the most, right? <laughs> You know, like yeah. rents and, you know, they call it core CPI, like X food and energy and stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, the, I think the people who go to a supermarket can tell, right? Yeah. People who go to, you know, the gas station, like you can, you can tell you rent something. I mean, it's crazy to me that rent is not included. <clears throat> That's a big part of your living costs. You know, or it doesn't for make most sense. people, right? Yeah, for most people. Yeah, man. Well, this is uh, such an exciting time to be in the short-term yeah. rental industry because there's a lot changing, you know, like going back to what we started with, with, you know, Brian Chesky talking about the revolution in, in travel. And I, I think I think he's right because I, I just remember when I quit my job in 2010, I sold all my stuff. I started renting out my, my place on Airbnb and I started work, traveling around with my laptop. And, you know, I was doing all sorts of stuff back then. I was, you know, trying to make money online. I was learning how to make money online. And I remember very well that for the whole of 2010, 11, even 2012, every time I explained somebody what I did, they looked yeah. at me weird. Yeah. They always asked me, where do you live? And I was like, I don't live anywhere. And they're like, what do you mean you don't live anywhere? Everybody lives somewhere. Like, are you on a holiday? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just here, just working from here now. And next month I go somewhere else. That concept was, there was nobody that understood that. It was completely crazy. And it, it was crazy to me as well. When I first met a person who was doing that, that inspired me to do it. Right now you go on Facebook and you put digital nomads and a major city. And there's like a Facebook group of, 
you know, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 people in there. You know, there's, there's millions of people that live that lifestyle now. So what, what the reason why I'm saying this is now, if you, if you hear Brian Chesky talk about the revolution in travel, you might be thinking, well, the, the things don't change that quickly. But I mean, in, in, in 10 years, it, a lot has changed, you know, and 10 years <laughs> is not that long. If you think no. about it, especially when you're investing in real estate, because that's something for the long term, right? So, so yeah, it's going to be uh, really interesting uh, to see. My prediction is that uh, I, I really do believe that there's a big, big changes. And, you know, obviously, like you said, cities are always going to be there. There's always going to be people traveling to cities. All of the stuff that has always been there will still be there. But I think I do think there's uh, the trends are shifting for sure. I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, this is something that we're going to be talking about quite, quite a bit. So in our emails that we send out and, uh, social media and upcoming podcasts, we're just going to kind of be talking a bit deeper into this topic. So, uh, one thing that I would love to do before we wrap up is, um, let's kind of tell everybody the changes that are happening with the podcast, the changes that are happening with your show and then the consistency with this show. And uh, by the way, for everyone who is listening, if you guys uh, have made it this far in this podcast, if you can do us a favor, uh, Jasper and I recognize that uh, we've been very consistent with this podcast uh, as a whole. Jasper, you've been consistent for many years with this podcast, but we never really ask the audience for for much on this. And uh, we never really put any real focus towards asking for people to subscribe or leave uh, comments or reviews on the podcast. So if you guys enjoy this podcast, we definitely need your support. We're going to be putting a lot of time into growing this podcast getting some some uh, some bigger names on here, going deeper into these conversations. And it's something that obviously you and I really enjoy doing. So uh, if you guys enjoy this podcast, getting some value from this, we would love for you to subscribe and then also leave us a really good comment or review on the podcast, uh, either on Spotify or Apple. Uh, it really helps us with the ranking. It helps us uh, really kind of get the the name out. So really support, you know, love the support on this If uh, if you guys don't mind doing that. Uh, so Jasper, why don't you, before we wrap up, why don't you kind of tell everybody what's happening with the podcast? We have now two regular shows on the podcast. Who are the shows for and when can they expect uh, to hear them? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as uh, people who've been listening to the podcast for uh, a few years, probably know, um, I've always, I've, I've always done it on the kind of on the fly, like kind of winging every podcast like bringing different type of guests and you know just kind of see where the conversation goes um that's always how i've i've enjoyed doing it but you know like since you know since you and i started doing a show together we've we've been really thinking about how do we reach like a bigger audience and how do we how do we structure the podcast better in a way that like it's very clear for people like what are we talking about what's the structure of the of the podcast what can you expect? So we want to really uh, up the game and uh, and work on this together as a team, like you and I, Eric. What we figured out is on Monday, I'm going to keep doing the podcast like I've always been doing. And I'm going to be focused on the smaller host, right? The Airbnb one-on-one, how to get started on Airbnb, how to optimize your listings, like hearing from, hearing from Airbnb hosts from all around the world. Uh, and that's really how, how this podcast started, right? Now on Fridays, you and I are going to keep doing this podcast that we're doing right now, where it's literally, it's you and I just talking about our experiences uh, when it comes to the coaching side, when it comes to our programs or mastermind, but also when it comes to our, the properties that we're investing in, right? 
So that's really for the people who are interested in following our journey and understanding why we're making decisions, what we're learning, what we're going through. And then uh, you're going to do a third show that's going to go live every Wednesday. And that will, you'll probably start in the next couple of weeks, uh, I imagine. Yeah. That. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of announce that once we get closer to it. But the whole concept here is uh, I personally want to sit down with the CEOs of companies that are really driving the industry forward. So founders and CEOs of the big tech companies are the big uh, investors, all within the hospitality industry. Uh, it's just the topic that I'm truly interested in. You know, I really enjoy having those conversations. So uh, really the concept behind Get Paid for Your Pad podcast moving forward is Mondays, you're going to have the host show. And that's where you're focused on Airbnb 101. Sitting down with hosts, that's where you learn how to get started on Airbnb or learn how to optimize your first first listing, essentially. That's the best way of looking at that. Hear from hosts to understand how to become a better host or get started in the Airbnb space. Every Friday, you and I will have this show. This is more free flow conversation. I think it's kind of for everybody to kind of hear what's happening in the industry as a whole. But I think we have a, a unique perspective because one, we're coaching hundreds of hosts from all different sizes on scaling their businesses from around the world. So we have a unique perspective on the industry as a whole. So you're going to hear from that. But then us, we're also working on growing a really large investment hospitality brand in this space as well. So we're going to be speaking from our lessons of doing that, of investing millions of dollars into real estate, growing this hospitality brand, and really just kind of... you know, I, I look at that as almost like the Joe Rogan style conversation around hospitality and short-term rentals. But then the third show is really going to be made for existing hosts that are looking to scale their brands, or if you're currently at scale, tapping into those conversations. So we'll announce that when we get closer to announcing that third show. Um, But that will be a weekly show focused on scale, focused on hospitality, short-term rentals at scale. So, but yeah, guys, this is going to be the uh, the next version of uh, Get Paid for Your Pet podcast. I'm excited about the consistency behind this. And uh, I guess one last, uh, you know, ask here again, if you guys haven't done so, uh, just make sure that you subscribe and then leave us a review. It truly, truly does help us. That's literally the only way that we can grow this podcast and continue to see if the content we're putting out in the world is actually useful is through the subscriptions and through the reviews. So we truly support that help. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited. Uh, I've been doing this for since 2014 for about seven years uh, as a solo, as a solo, a solo, you call that a lone wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to, uh, yeah, excited to team up with you and uh, take this thing to the new, to the next level. It's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. All righty. Well, that's it for today. So thank you for listening. Like Eric said, we'll be back uh, probably next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll still have the two shows. Uh, but we'll announce when uh, when Eric's uh, solo show will uh, will start as well. So, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you uh, next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. 
you are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.